An elegant weapon for a more civilized day. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to an elegant weapon episode 387. My name is Jay, J.M. Clark, Jay the Jedi Ross, Ross Jedi Jay, and as always, it is so wonderful to have all you beautiful babies here with us in the as of yet unnamed new podcast studio. Tonight, we're going to fix that. Tonight, we're going to change that because tonight we're going to announce the winner of the name the new studio contest. I'm very, very, very excited about that because we've gone too long without a name. And I'm very happy with the moniker that we are going to saddle this place with. Welcome back, kids. Uh, It's good to see you again. Uh, The winner of that contest is going to win a Source Point Press comic book prize pack by the man himself, Mr. Joshua Werner. Last week's guest, he is the founder of Source Point Press, art director, and CCOC creative something or other uh, for Oxi Media as well. Uh, good to see you all. I hope everybody's doing uh, cool. I hope everybody's uh, dealing with the new lockdown here in Ontario. Uh, tomorrow we're going hardcore um, and it's going to be a little bit crazy. So uh, I hope everybody's ready to buckle down again and uh, things can get a little smoother. Because uh, today also, unfortunately, Toronto Comic Con was officially cancelled. Uh, that being, what, two months away, no surprise at all. They're still hoping for Fan Expo in August. But we will see what happens. Also, C2E2 has announced dates of December 10th and 12th of 2021, which are odd, odd dates. Uh, but C2E2 has been known to hop around. They're going to try and do what they can. C2E2, such a great show. That was the last show I actually attended live last February. Um, no, wait, sorry. That might've been before Vancouver. I think Vancouver was the last, I don't know. I get confused kids. Padwan sitting in and drawing tonight. You know, he's, uh, he's, uh, slinging some anime over here. So we'll see what he's up to later on. We got some guests. We got some friends sitting in, uh, one I know very well. And one we're going to get to know brand new to the source point press family. They got a book coming out. It's called damn. Actually, I don't know how you guys pronounce it. Exactly. I haven't heard it said, uh, I like to say damned cursed children, but I don't know if it's just damned cursed children or not. You guys can fix that. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Howard Wong and Mr. Josh Stafford. Hey, hello. hello. How's it going? And Good to see you guys. Welcome. Thank you for hanging out tonight. Thank you. Well, thank you for inviting us. This is a good time right before everything goes into purge mode in Ontario. I know, eh? It's so weird. I'm getting so used to looking at people through a grainy filter. You know what I mean? (laughs) (laughs) So is it cursed or cursed? Well, Josh, you want to field that one? (laughs) I go with this single syllable. I go with cursed, but cursed kind of sounds... Old school kind of sounds like a hammer horror film or something, right? That's why no, I, I wasn't I, I sure. Yeah. Curse, damn cursed children. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. It's got a very, uh, very classic kind of aesthetic to it. Um, why don't you go ahead and Josh, uh, tell us a little bit about the book before we get to know you. So damn cursed children is a five issue mini series from Howard and I, and it's, it looks like an old school Marvel oversized black and white horror book from the seventies, which I really like. And yeah, the artwork just looks like if you didn't know, you would think it's from 20, 30 years ago. And it's just like a super scary, fun monster book about inexplicably 
one day all the children go crazy and our heroes must survive a day in the life of this city gone mad. That sounds fun. That sounds super fun. Uh, Andrew Pillar, children are our future. Damn, never you are silly. Isn't it your birthday today? Sorry, I got a comment uh, from my friend Andrew Pillar here. He did uh, a tattoo for me, which you should someday get back on again, Andrew. Um, But yeah, I think it's your birthday today. Happy birthday, if so. Um, That sounds lots of fun. I love going back to the retro styles. Um, We have a lot of fun playing over at the Cauldron Magazine there uh, with the same kind of vibe, you know, and it's fun because I get to take on that Crypt Keeper kind of role in the in the whole uh you know shenanigan so it's lots of fun howard we know you you're a writer you write lots of stuff you've been around doing stuff bouncing back and forth uh between toronto and china and doing your thing uh i think a lot of the people who might be watching this show will be familiar with you so we're gonna get to know josh a little josh what's your deal uh you're out where are you right now i'm in ottawa and, and are you Ottawa native, born and raised, or uh, born in Quebec, but have lived in Ottawa my whole life, pretty much ninety percent of my life. So I consider myself an Ottawa native. Right and, on. Uh, yeah, I co-own a movie theater here called the Mayfair. It's a single screen, nineteen thirty-two cinema, uh, one of the last of its kind, sadly. And uh, we too, as well, are in super duper lockdown. Have been since. God, you know. Lockdown round three started at uh, at Christmas time, and then we all just got the news yesterday that that's going to continue on for a little while longer. But uh, so that's my my day job is running this awesome cinema, and then uh, went to film school. Have done some short films, stuff like that. That's where I met Howard. Was a short film that I wrote and directed. Was at San Diego Comic Con years ago, and Howard and I were eleventh hour roommates uh, during the chaos that is San Diego Comic-Con with a couple of comic artist friends of ours. And now uh, years, years later, this project that we've had stewing for ever is finally off the ground and excitedly is coming out in a few weeks. Well, it's found the perfect home. That's for sure. I mean, this is so up source points alley. It's unbelievable. So it's, it's cool that it all came together like that. Um, okay. I don't want to get too far off what you guys are here to talk about with this wonderful new comic book, but I cannot let pass the fact that you own a 1930s movie theater. Oh yeah. That, uh, how did that come about? This is one of those dreams come true. That was not, you know, was not on my bucket list was to own the, the Mayfair. Total but, dream job, uh, though. Like, come oh, on. Oh, yeah. And it's it's like I, my high school life, I lived at the Mayfair. Uh, I don't live in the part of town. I didn't live in the part of town right around the Mayfair when I was a kid, but all my friends did. And then we went to high school together because it was a high school where we got to cross borders. So I met people from other parts of town. So my five years of high school, I lived at this place and so many memories there and so many friendships made there. So years later, uh, it was going to go away. It was going to be torn down and a shopper's drug mart was going to be built on top of it. So a number of people who I was friendly acquaintances with saved the cinema. And soon after that, some of the people who helped them save the cinema went on to do other things and amicably left to other projects and they needed somebody to come in. And one of the partners said, what if we just get the number one Mayfair fan to jump into the Mayfair? And I was like, well, you've made a big mistake because I spend a lot of money here and now I get to see movies for free. So since 2009, I've been one of the co-owners and 
we've been we've been soldiering on and and the Mayfair you know now the the covid stuff is just another chapter in the Mayfair history but you you look back and you think how the Mayfair has lived past world wars right. and uh television and VCRs and streaming and video stores and video games and multiplexes and all these things so so we'll survive we'll we'll be here in a couple months or a month when we're back to you know, I don't think we'll be back to normal in a couple months, but as as we tiptoe back towards normalcy, uh, the Mayfair will be there. And uh, oh. the the one silver lining about this horrible year is that man, it's just been it's a wonderful life moments over and over again for the cinema. Just just patrons wanting to throw money at us and media helping out. Right. And we did a fundraiser of selling off name tags on the seats. And genuinely, I thought like, oh, we'll sell a few. This will be make a couple bucks. We sold all 325 seats. Wow. <laughs> we're, we're, we're now doing selling the marquee and people are putting wedding announcements on it and birthdays and anniversaries. And we when we ran out of seats, then we sold off names on poster boxes and popcorn machines. And every single tag is this lovely story of people who live in Los Angeles or Vancouver or London, England or Nunavut who know the Mayfair either through our podcast or through just they are movie nerds. So they know of us or they used to live in Ottawa. And, and um, yeah, so that, that's the, the big great feeling that the weird silver lining of this year is you see how important a place like the Mayfair is to people. And we will inexplicably continue to, to live on in years to come. And it's, it's amazing. Uh, it's, it's a great, uh, it's a great geek place. Oh, it's a shame because there's a theater uh, in St. Catharines, Ontario, which is uh, just around the Golden Horseshoe here. And that's where I grew up. And there's a little theater there, the the town cinemas, the Lincoln. And uh, or wait, the Lincoln might have been a different one. This one was just the town cinemas. But anyways, it was it's this tiny little theater that's been around since like the turn of the century on St. Paul Street. And uh, I think it was it had the distinction of being like the first movie theater to ever play a charlie chaplin film in ontario or something like that and uh like that's how old it was and unfortunately it's yeah it's done done now which is it's so so sad last movie i saw there was fear and loathing in las vegas when that came out um but howard you you're familiar with the royal theater in toronto uh Harsh a little bit because yes. I actually yeah. didn't. You know it, Josh? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so check I, this out. Um, back in the 90s, okay. I had this really weird thing happen where I missed this movie in the theaters. I never even realized it was in the theaters. One night, my mom comes home from Blockbuster and she's got a couple videotapes. And I'm like, okay, let's watch whatever you've got. And it's weird because we had our TV in the living room that never has a TV. And it was there for a few days because they were doing something downstairs. So we watched a movie in this living room, which, I, which I'll always remember because it was kind of weird. But I sat there and I watched this movie called True Romance. And I had no idea what was about to happen. I watched this movie and I walked around in just a dumbfounded daze for the next like three or four days. You know, when you're young and one of those movies hits you and it's just nothing but on your mind for like the next week, like it just makes that kind of impact on you. So this movie just just changes me. Never got to see it in the theater because I missed its run. Then one night only in the year 2000. The Royal Theater in Toronto decides to play True Romance on the big screen on my birthday. 
So for my birthday in the year 2000, I went to the Royal and I actually finally got to see True Romance on the screen uh, in this classic, amazing little theater. And it's, you know, those are the reasons why these theaters need to exist. You know, for me, I would have never had that experience if, if the Royal didn't exist, right? Um, it was just amazing. One night only, they happened to slap it up there on my birthday and I'll never, ever forget it. So, yes, people out there, you need to support your local theaters because, I mean, it's also great, you know, for for the community in itself. Right. Like it's uh, it's a building block. Right. I'm sure you show independent films and student films and stuff like that. Do you ever do that kind of stuff? Oh, yeah. Some of my favorite stuff is we have a number of local groups uh, who will have short film festivals. Um local animation companies who will come in and kind of do like private screenings, but do like their rap parties on the big screen. So all the animators will come in and they'll watch two or three cartoons up on the big screen. And uh, yeah, just all, all the, all kinds of stories like that of of one of the, the most fun things ever was a grade school class came in and media is so much easier for kids nowadays because, you know, it makes me feel like 150 years old. But when I was in, in grade school or even high school, we didn't have the, um, you know, we didn't have laptops and cell phones and digital cameras and all that stuff. So this group came in with this awesome teacher and she taught them stop motion animation. And so all these kids, these two school buses full of kids and their parents came and they all got to watch their, their claymation and flip book animation up on the big screen. And it was every single one of their dreams come true. All these little, little, 10 and 12 year olds watching their cartoons. So, you know, the Mayfair has so many awesome stories like that. And what I love about us is we play everything from the most highbrow of international cinema to we hold the world record that got wrecked by COVID of screening the room 137 months in a row. And the only thing that stopped (laughs) that was when we went into lockdown. Oh, we come back, we haven't been able to do it on these little in-between times because it's a film that instigates yelling and throwing things, which you can't really do in COVID times. <laughs> so when we come back and we show a room screening again, say that's a year from now, we will say the world record 138th screening and just put an asterisk of be like not monthly. But <laughs> so we do weird stuff like that. And then we show, you know, this Christmas was great. Like our, our, our Christmas Eve screening was a matinee of gremlins. And then that's my Christmas Eve movie. Perfect. Both shows sold out to the 50 people that we could do. Like, right. Yeah. It was so good. And when you're watching, it's a wonderful life in a 1932 cinema. It's just, it's time travel. It's, it's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. I got to come out there and check. I've never been to Ottawa actually. So there's just really? another reason. Yeah, I know. Right. Wow. Just okay. a, I know just you one of those go. places I never guess I had a reason. So I haven't hit. Well, there is a reason for, for us to go when things get better, which is Ottawa con, like bring the, exactly. whole, the whole source point, point crew and exactly press. source point press crew, Ottawa comic con, because this is exciting kids, because this is just further evolution of source point North. So it's absolutely amazing um, that this all came together. Uh, Josh, have you always been a writer as well then? Because both of you guys, I mean, I know, Howard, you're a bit of a renaissance man. Uh, I'm getting that vibe from you as well, Josh. So it's kind of cool that you guys have come together as a team where, 
you guys have had, you know, many different creative outlets. It's not just like two pure professional, only writing all the time writers who have come together, right? Yeah, Josh. Yeah, Josh. I mean, yeah, it's Josh should weird talk about because it. you you don't want to take. Sorry, you, no. you don't want to take. You know, this year was so horrible. But for me, of my writing resume, this year was very good, <laughs> and so, uh, you know, we finally got Damn Crew's Children off the ground. Uh, I wrote a short uh, DC superhero girls cartoon. Uh, that you can watch on YouTube. Oh, awesome. And I'm in a, a uh, anthology called Flip Volume 2 from an editor named Jack Brilio, who Howard has worked with a few times. And uh, I did a little independent book called Zomkies. I've done three issues of that. And we're working on a fourth issue of that. So been keeping busy with comic book and my, my little toe into animation this year. So and, and the writing of Flash cartoon is it. Like, I'm like, well, that's that's my five-year-old self would be like, well, it's all downhill from here. You've you right. wrote a flash cartoon. So that was super fun. So that's crazy. Cool. It's uh, so much talent here. Devin, uh, Devin Fother says, and he's absolutely right. Um, so how does this work as a team? Are you then, does someone do a rough outline and someone add to it? Do you toss her back and forth? Do you do drafts? How do, how do you write together? I wonder, you know, Josh, I never can't remember who started it because I remember when we talked about it, I was dead sick in bed when the idea came up. I, so I think you started writing and sent it over to me first. So I was making notes, which some of them were like way, way over out in left field because I was like dealing with the plague. My kids were in daycare during that time and they brought home things that just knocked me down in bed. So <laughs> I had some really wicked ideas that got into the book and some that should never be in any book. <laughs> but I think Josh started off. But then we would go back and forth uh, all the time, actually. It wasn't it was never a schedule. We, we, I think we never, ever had a schedule working on this. It was more like when we felt like working on it, whoever it may be, we would literally email the other person go, I sent an update or I changed some stuff. Take a look at it when you have time. So it wasn't, it was more organic than versus, okay, every week we're going to meet on Friday and get this done. That works. I've done that for many projects for other companies and whatnot, because you have to have a schedule, but for, because of our, you know, he's in Ottawa, I'm in Toronto during, you know, and we have different lives and different things and different time, like just working on it together was kind of tough. So by doing it organically, it became something, it was kind of weird. It's like nurturing something and it's growing on its own. Because every time he would send me something back, I would notice something like, well, that's really cool. We should definitely do that and change the scene that we had before and, and vice versa. And, and we kept on doing that. Uh, and poor, and the, I should mention the artist's name, Robin Simon Ng. Robin got a decent draft for the art. But there was, I think, a few pages and a few issues here and there where we had some, ch some dramatic changes because we had, we came up with a better idea. Right. So, so that was a little harder on the artist in that, in that respect. But for and where is Robin? Robin, uh, Robin is in Singapore. Cool, cool. He's cool. he's a he's a Singapore native, and uh, God bless that he has two young children and he's still doing this stuff for us. So I'm very thankful for him <laughs> to so draw. When you're writing together, does then that make it a more exciting process in terms of, oh, I wonder what they're going to throw back at me next? Or does it just all kind of keep flowing like a vibe? Like, are you guys literally on the same page as you're going along? Or is it is it a little, uh, you know, a little more adventurous that you don't you don't know what you're going to get back? You know, 
Uh, I I actually don't know what. Sometimes I don't know what Josh is going to throw back at me, and sometimes I challenge some of his stuff, and he challenges my stuff too, which is great because it pushes you. When you get challenged with anything, you sort of have to go, okay, why is this not working? You know, in you know, in his mind, and I'm like, look, we look over your scenes, look over your dialogue, and you find things that, yeah, he's right. I should change this. This sort of is a sort of a weak point in this part in this area. So we push each other in that respect, but it was never like, I hate it. This is going to be my scene is going to stay in here. The hell with yeah. you. No, never I mean that. the other way. The other way around. Does it make it more exciting when you're working with someone you you enjoy that you're working with? What's what they're going to bring back next? Do oh, they? Yeah. Did you do you get stuff back that you're like, oh man, I didn't even think of it going that way. That's awesome, you know. Oh, absolutely. I think one of my favorite one, what my favorite scenes was the opening one in issue one because uh, it was the scene where. See, I don't want to spoil it, but it's a scene where one of the characters confronts the first uh, evil child and picks up the first thing she could grab and clunks him over the head with her. It was a coffee mug. Bam. And when you see it on page, I was like, this is a great scene. Josh wrote down. I'm like, this is great. And I got the art back. I'm like, Ooh, this is maybe over the top now. And I, I actually thought that we went too far with that scene. And I sat there and looked at it and I had to go, I need to talk to Josh about this. Cause I'm not sure if we've gone too far because it seems like it's too far. So we would have discussions and because of the passion that we have for this thing and for the scenes that we write and the, uh, the scenes that we you know like both of us write, we would sort of find a way to explain why it works. So I'm always excited to see and hear Josh talk about why and there's reasons for it. Um, sometimes it's, it comes down to, you know, don't be a chicken, just do it. It should be cool. It's fine. You know, they did it in X movie. I'm like, Oh, yeah, they did that in that movie. And that was totally cool. And I love that movie as growing up as a kid. So it's always that uh, excitement of geeking out, too, because the references that you bring up, uh, like, you know, if you go to any convention or comic book shop, when you start talking about anything within five minutes, you, just, you start referencing things, you're on a whole, whole different tangent. And that's what happens with me and Josh a lot. I mean, even how we met is sort of like the most geeky thing in the world as well, because, you know, tell, tell of, us the story. How did you meet? Uh I was at San Diego Comic Con. Josh, I don't remember the year. 2006, 07. Is that 07? Oh, wait. 07. I don't remember now. But as you work on that. Yeah, something like that. 07. Right? 07. So I was there. I was going to stay with some people, and things fell through for a lot of different reasons. And then I ended up staying with uh, Attila Arajani and uh, shoot, his brain farted. Thank you. Oh my God. Yeah. Tom Fowler. So, Tom, so there was a couch there. It was a condo. So there was like uh, two bedrooms with beds, a couch. I'm like, cool. I'm going to get a couch. You're like, nope. We're <laughs> <laughs> getting a couch. You have a friend coming over. I'm like, so where can I stay then? Cause they invited me. They know my situation. Like, you gonna sleep in the closet. I'm like, yeah, no, seriously. Where am I going to sleep? They, I saw, I wasn't a joke. I actually slept in a walk-in closet for all of San Diego Comic-Con. So one day Josh showed up. And this giant ass nerd backpack. I mean, like it was like this wide. <laughs> you come walking in, up like everybody's, everybody's introducing each other. And Josh is like, so who are you? I'm like, I'm Howard. Howard who? I'm like, Howard Wong. Do you write anything? I'm like, yeah, something called After the Cave. It's like, he drops his backpack down. I swear to God, he's ruffling it. And he whips out like issue one <laughs> out of his back. <laughs> <laughs> like nerd fate. Like I, I read crazy. his comics on the plane ride to san diego 
That's just, nuts. And I just, you know, flipping through previews, thought it looked cool, got the comics, like, like had no attachment to Howard, didn't know Howard. And then we were roommates at Comic-Con. And now years later, we're, we're, you find him in a writers on. Yeah. Well, like, <laughs> it, it, it was the most bizarre year for conventions. I mean, every year is weird, but this one was meeting Josh because I met Attila, I think, two nights before San Diego Comic-Con. So I don't really know these guys. So I was sort of staying with people that were sort of strangers, but they were from Toronto. So, you know, not that's not too creepy. Right, right. Uh, and then my experience because of, I don't know, my experience there was really neat. It was cool. But Josh, my God. Um, I mean, I ditched. Not on purpose. I, I thought I had a schedule for lunch because I was working the image booth table during that time. And I thought I had lunch. Uh, I didn't. So Josh was looking and waiting for me for lunch. And then I sort of ditched him because I couldn't text him or phone him for some reason. Because I, mean, I don't know, it was, it was signals were bad or something. ghosted me. And then hours later, Josh runs up to me. Uh, I'm still at the image booth. And he hands me a Simon B. I wonder if I still have it here. Give me a second. Gosh, you continue the story. I'm going to start ruffling through my crap here and see if I can yeah, find it. I've, I've never been shy about meeting people, famous or not famous. And, and I was at the, yes. I guess it was the heavy metal booth at the time because it was Kevin Eastman and Simon Beasley. Yes. And there was a nice woman there. And I said, uh, when will they be back? And and she said, oh, Bees is just, he's going to be back in a second. Bees shows up. I start chatting with him. And he's like, he goes, hey, hey, mate, uh, do you want to go outside for a smoke? And I laughed and I said, I've never wished more in my life that I smoked before. (laughs) And and he's, if anybody is a Beasley fan, and especially at the time, like say 10 years ago or so, he looked like Beasley. Like, I'm not exaggerating. He had like the jacket on, he had the the big hair going, he had glasses. He just needed some face paint and he would have been Lobo. Right. So I went out for, to watch him have a smoke. And in the walk out of the con, he just knew everybody. And he was shaking hands and hugging old ladies and, and scruffing the heads. I've had many, many a drink myself with Bisley. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. And he great. Like, I loved him. And, yeah. and I was a big fan. Like, I, I'm the perfect age. Like, I was in grade nine or ten when, when his Lobo came out. So I, I'm right that perfect age to be a fan of his. So we chatted for a little bit. And he's like, do you want to go for a drink? And he laughed again because I said, well, I don't drink. I'm square. So he was like, but he was very nice. He was like, oh, that's cool. I respect that. Went for a drink for him, sat at the bar for like, I don't think I'm exaggerating, like two hours. I could have been doing so much else at Comic-Con, but I can't pass up sitting with Beasley for two hours at a bar. Right. And we talk about Canada and the Ramones and comic books and everything. We're about to go back. And I, and I think when he did this with me, he missed like a panel probably like he didn't care. Like he, people were probably looking for him. Mm-hmm. So he saw, I had my, my geek backpack and he says, Oh, Hey mate, can I smuggle in some beer in your rucksack back into the con? <laughs> and so I was like, sure. I was like, if I'm going to get kicked out of comic con, it should be for smuggling beer in for Simon Beasley. So he puts like a six, six pack in my backpack, go back in. Uh, and then I, I just wanted to get him to autograph something to buy a book off of him. And he timidly looks over his shoulder. Cause if anybody knows any kind of celebrities at cons, they know they're most afraid of their handler. Like the handler is what keeps you from getting that extra autograph or that extra five minutes. So 
He autographed a book for me. Then he grabbed a stack of books, gave them to me. And then he knew that I had missed a lunch date with Howard. And then he, he took this Sharpie and, and, and Beasley draws like a maniac. Like he just, just this, yeah. just draws this Lobo thing and puts a disparaging remark to Howard in the book. And he goes like, give this to your friend who stood you up. So I walked away from this without, besides for an amazing story with a stack of free books that he just, I stole essentially. <laughs> and I got an autographed book and Howard got an autographed book. And well, uh, yeah, I found I was it. Beasley's so, best friend oh, you got it right hours. there. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, I'm like, so I'm like, I'm literally sitting like, like this. I was sitting in the middle of the conflict at image image booth and then josh doesn't say a word he gives me this like angry most angry canadian face you can give and he shoves this into my hand and it's like here i'm like oh i'm so sorry i missed lunch and i try to explain as he was walking away and i'm like flipping through it and i was like what i started laughing and the guys beside me were, la- were like what and they didn't understand why i was laughing because it was like that's kind of a mean thing like no i never gonna read that but here you go yep looks yeah. about right yeah <laughs> that's all you yeah. want yeah. So, so I'm like laughing my ass off and I grabbed Josh back and I asked him what was, what happened? How the hell that happened? And he told me the story. So the day after I went to see biz, cause it's finally my day off and have lunch and they, they get some things signed and geek out a bit. And then after I got all my stuff signed by biz, I told them who I was. <laughs> it's like, I, uh, I'm not Howard and up Josh. And, and literally he stopped drawing for somebody looked out, looked up from the table up to me. He's like, fuck you. Awesome. Yeah, awesome. yeah no simon is uh so, i've gotten to know him he's at motor city every year out oh. in michigan so every year when i go to motor city comic-con i get to enjoy a few bevies with uh biz at the uh at the karaoke night he enjoys he enjoys that stuff yeah he That's is right. a character that so, mr yeah. simon bisley but holy crap is is he a talented one as yes. well i it's weird i'm 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 catching myself because the padawan's been hanging out on the show here do you have an update what have you been up to let's see what you you were just going around there we'll take a little padawan update break here that look yeah let me see oh you're finished already <laughs> yeah this is what he just did for y'all to enjoy now who is this aaron. this is aaron from Oh, the light's hard there. Let me try a good angle. Wow. Atta- Attack on Titan. Yeah. I believe, right? Jeez. That Wait, how, how old are you again? Ten. ten. Right. He is ten. And he's ten. Uh, he, he can draw like that. Yeah, he's doing well, man. He's uh I wish it's not translating man. through the screen even as well. But yeah, I know you kick butt on this one, buddy. He is He's always been getting into drawing, but then the COVID hit and he's had, my God, what, a year to do nothing but draw (laughs) other than the online school, right? So his progress in the last year is just like phenomenal. It's absolutely insane. Um, But it makes you wonder, right? Like if kids actually got all this time to focus on the things they're passionate about and, you know, have some skills for how good they might actually get at a much, much earlier age when they can really, you know, dive into it like this kid has. But also he has a bit of an advantage where how many kids have grown up at Comic-Cons getting to hang out and watch Ty Templeton draw and Mike Ruth draw and just sit beside them and, t- and soak it in for hours at a time, right? So, you wow, know, you're very lucky to be a little Conrad, <laughs> right? 
Um, yeah, that's very cool. Well done, bud. Excellent. Uh, so what brings the book to Source Point Press? Oh, boy. That's a good story, actually. And it does involve you, actually. <laughs> how how can that you. be possible? Um, you have this, well, when after Fan Expo, you have this little uh, soiree. Uh, oh, an elegant there. weapons after Fan Expo dinner and drink soiree. Yes. yes. It's, a, it's a beautiful, wonderful night. If everything goes back to normal, definitely yeah. you, must, you must get there, but it's limited seating. But you can still stand. <laughs> Everybody comes and goes, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I know. Yeah. But the thing is, I went in, I mean, I'll be, I'll be frank, I went there first before any other party. No joke. Right. Because uh, I wanted to see people. It's going to sound funny. I want to see people I liked. But I did. I wanted to see people I liked and, and haven't seen for a while and actually have a meal and stuff. So, so you do it the opposite because most people like Gore, like Adam Gorman, Gorman, uh, Fearless Fred, they just stumble in about 12 o'clock or so, right? Like, you, you know, yeah, they're but always it was gone. All the, bashed, like, exactly, right? It's, so you're gone. smart. You get to see everybody first. Yeah. Well, first I want to see you and everybody else when they're still like able to stand and stuff. <laughs> so, nice, yeah. So I was there and... Oh, I trying to remember who did. I think it was Keith Groucho. He's like, you got to meet Travis. I'm like, who? I'm in a, this is, if you're, if you finish a con and you're tabling, you know, you're super hungry. And okay. this is like, and when he asked me, I was like, it read the bite into my burger, like the first bite. And he asked me, they want to meet somebody. I'm like, not really right now, but sure. Let's do this. Let's go. So, uh, so he, 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 he walked me over to Travis and like, this is Travis. I'm like, hi, Travis. We're supposed to play friends like oh okay that's a little more context right. and then travis asked you know had a short conversation you know, like, what do you do blah, blah blah we exchanged that stuff and then i buggered off to eat and came back it's like if he's like you know you should eat finish you know finish your meal and i came i finished and went back to talk to him to, you know travis and i forgot who was with him actually with him at that time from source point but you were there too and then you said that i should do a book with him you were walking by. You didn't stay, but you said that. <laughs> you, should do, you should do a book so with them. You should do a book with them. Yeah, literally. That's, what, that's, that's probably that's exactly what, yeah. So, so <laughs> you, since you actually said that, and I'm like, well, should I? And I looked at Travis, and I, I sort of jokingly said it to Travis. I'm like, should I? He's like, what do you got? I'm like, honestly, I wasn't prepared to pitch anything. I was really here to hang out with people and friends. Right. But I have two pitches that, you know, I have two pitches that, a lot of publishers uh, passed on because they're too, uh, lack of a better term, chicken craft to to publish. He's like, what are they? Yeah, he's like, so let I was me see him. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, okay. So I you know, I whip up the phone, I show him some of the art, and I'm like giving him the elevator pitch as to why. It wasn't even the pitch. I was telling him why people were passing up on it. Right. So I was like, all these publishers, I won't name them, but you know, you, you probably know familiar with them. They love it. They love the idea. They love the art. They love where it's going. They won't publish it because it's they're afraid of the uh, the the negativity that they might get back from parent to you know parent groups or church groups or whatever. Anyone who doesn't understand horror will come and attack this. And he's like, "Fuck it, we'll do it." I'm like, "I'm not going to talk about how many issues like." I don't know how many issues there were, who was the artist. Like, it was like, nothing. He's like, he's like, fuck it, we'll do it. <laughs> That's what he said. You know, and in the back of my head, I'm like, wait, is, is, is this, is, is this like drunk con deal thing? Or is this like an actual like thing happening? And so I was like, you know what, Travis, I love, I like, cause we had a really, really good conversation. We talked about comic books for sure, but we talked about a lot of other things. That's why I wanted to work with right. him. 
And you were right. I really wanted to do a book with him after I, I talked with him, hung, hung out with him that night. Uh, I saw him the next day to make sure that you know it was the real deal. And then, are you sober? Sober enough? Cool. So what you said last night, that was real. Because before I email everybody on the team and go, hey, <laughs> we finally found somebody that's balls to do this. <laughs> I want to make sure. It's like, oh, yeah, send it to me. And I'll read it and then we'll, 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 get, we'll, we'll work something out. So that's where it started. It, literally, I wasn't going to pitch it to SourcePoint Press. I wasn't going to pitch it to anyone because so I spent, hear that. <laughs> I swear to God, I spent a year, almost two years pitching it to people and everybody loving it, but to chicken shit to publish it. And I was like at a point where I was going to, I was going to tell Josh and Robin, like, you know what, maybe we'll just Kickstarter it and do it ourselves. You know, because I, I told them, I told the, I told the team, like, I'm going to find a publisher if it kills me. And if it, if it, does, if it doesn't kill me, I'll, I will find it. We'll, we'll find a way to do it through Travis will publish it just so because I, no one else would. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'll be, well, first I thought he was joking. I want to put on like a, like a satanic panic kind of tagline to it, you know, like, like only source point press was brave enough to publish <laughs> children. You should, or crazy man. enough. That's well, great. Better, better, better than Travis's quote, fuck it. We'll do it. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> put that in the back of the train. Not right a now. quote. That's I have here before, right. Right. So Josh, uh, before he, Howard comes to you with the good news. Are you familiar at all with source point press at the time? Uh, not really, to be honest. No, like it's just one of those things where it's it's daunting, right? Comic books. I think a lot of people are to, to jump into comic books. If you show them just a preview magazine for like a month and be like, here's everything, not from like this year, but from this month. And for you to get a lot of this stuff, you have to specifically order it. You can't just walk into the store and get it, you know, so. I'm sure there's dozens of amazing independent books that I have. I have no idea what they are. So it's, it's uh, now knowing a bit more about it and seeing more books and stuff. It, it's, it's, there's just, it, it's, it's great to have somewhere like source point press who is taking chances on these kind of books. Cause like Howard said, like Howard has, has his foot into writing a bit more than I do for sure. Cause you know, Howard wrote an Iron Man comic book, but <laughs> a- a- someone said this just a- recently to, you know, completely out of, out of it, one comic, one Iron Man comic is way more than most people ever write. But someone was saying it's easier to break into the white house than to get into comic books <laughs> these days. And absolutely. That's about as political oh, as I ever oh. get, but I heard Congress. that and I'm like, yep, yeah. yep. That's about true. <laughs> Says the one who wrote yeah. a flash, flash cartoon. Um, <laughs> how does that happen that you write a flash cartoon? I did it. <laughs> Wait, wait, ask him how many viewers there were. Oh, well, well let's, let's talk about... <laughs> who is it for? Three million. Like, what? Three million. Did you just do it yourself? Like, who is it for? So it's for, it's uh, for Warner Brothers or DC or what? No, no, no. So, so. oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Let's, let's talk about nepotism. Let's talk about <laughs> knowing people. So, I'm... I, I Nepotism is not a bad thing. Not at all. <laughs> every, like, the, like, in... in the, the flip anthology that I'm in right now is because I befriended Jack, who's a, a local creator, but he's done a ton of stuff, whether it's writing Legion of Superhero comics or Scooby-Doo comics, Archie comics, all kinds of independent stuff. Um, what did you do with him, Howard? A True Patriot, correct? Yeah, I think. Uh, we but, worked on the, tr- the same True yeah. Patriot volume, and I end up lettering his, his story because... 
I don't know why. Why actually? No, yeah, I yeah. Up, I end up learning a lot of people's so, stories so, for some reason after for that year, for that year. But, uh, but so Jack, I knew Jack, yeah. and Jack liked my writing, and I got to write. I got I got to write for his anthology, and knowing Howard, and Howard did a lot of hard work and got this to sort Source Point Press, and so for this animation thing, I know a couple people who write for animation they were having a party at the Mayfair, like I, I mentioned a little bit earlier. And they said one of the next projects was going to be um, for DC. The one they were working on at the moment was for, uh, it was a Conan O'Brien cartoon uh, that I just forgot the name of, but it's, it's an outer space cartoon. It's on Netflix right now. Um, but Conan's Weird. the producer on it. A lot of oh, really cool weird. voice actors. And it's, um, God, I wish I could remember the title. If if you if you IMDb Conan and look what he's producing, he produced a, a really cool outer space comedy cartoon in the last couple of years. Right on. So they're working on that and a bunch of like kind of preschool stuff. So they said we're doing a DC thing. And I just jokingly said, I was like, I was like, well, I know a lot about DC comics if you need any help. If you need to know the origin story of Aqualad or Plastic Man, I, I gotcha. Right. So a little while later, they came back to me and they said they were just swamped and they just needed ideas and they're very nice. So they kind of walked me through how to pitch ideas and I gave them like a dozen and it was a super long shot because it was very frustrating for them because it's just person after person to get approval from like like people who they would never meet faceless people at the Warner Brothers world. So they had pitched hundreds of ideas to get you know, whatever, 24 in whatever their season was. And one of mine snuck through and got approved. Wow. And they gave me the news and I was so excited. And then earlier this year, I think around March or so, again, right when everything was going to hell, um, they're little three minute episodes and they're just up on YouTube, but it came out and I couldn't tell anybody like all these projects. You're not allowed to talk about them until they're out. But then I got to sit there and look on my laptop and see an old school, like, looney tunes warner brothers logo come up and then dc superhero girls and then my name at the end that's so story by and so yeah that's how i did it's kind of like yeah and it's 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 luck and knowing people and and right place right a a little bit of bravery to 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 put yourself out there yeah absolutely that's how this whole thing started i was at a comic-con in allentown pennsylvania and uh, our good friend Stan Kanopka, uh, writer behind The Rejected from Source Point Press, he, uh, he was the uh, Artist Alley coordinator for this show. And Nichelle Nichols was there uh, as a featured guest, Ahura, right? And it's time for her panel. And they're about to put this poor 72-year-old you know, deaf woman in a wheelchair up in front of hundreds of people with no moderator no host, no nothing. And I was like, you got to stand. Like she at least needs to have someone (laughs) repeating the questions to her. She's not going to hear anything. This is going to be a disaster, right? Someone needs to do something. And he's like, well, fuck you do it. And I was like, all right, I will. So I just took the microphone, went up and hosted this woman's whole panel. (laughs) And I've been doing it ever since. So yeah, right place, right time. It leads to some crazy stuff. Uh, this is very, very, very exciting because uh, I'm very proud of what we've been able to do uh, with Source Point Press North, Source Point North, as we like to, uh, you know, call it for fun. Um, and 
having you guys on the roster is just uh, two more feathers in the cap, you know, and I'm just the only thing I feel sorry for right now, Josh, is that you're coming into the family uh, at a time when you can't actually meet the family. Um, but hopefully that will, uh, you know, I know. Yeah. that'll <laughs> slide over because that's what source point is. You know, that's the coolest thing about source point is we've been able to take this, uh, you know, on the floor con grind attitude and, you know, somehow transit translated online during these crazy days. And, uh, you know, Travis and Josh, they took a lot of crazy risks, uh, in, you know, trying to keep things flowing and and thankfully it's been a huge success to the point where we can keep making more crazy comics like yours guys comic um so where are we at with the comic number one is in previews right now or what's happening number one uh was in uh november previews if i'm right yeah and then issue two was in december so issue three is right now in the current previews in january previews cool so uh, I had some people actually message me. It's like, how can I get the first issue if it's already if it's there, it's time previews? You still can order it through your comic book shops, you, you know, and definitely the, mm-hmm. uh, you know let them know you want them. Uh, if you're in places where you don't have a shop or you like digital, and then some people do, uh, you can definitely go straight to SourcePoint Press's website mm-hmm. and order directly from them. So I know some people who are like I don't know where comic books are because there's not one. You know, I looked, googled it up, and there was none. And I'm like. It happens. It's unfortunately happening more and more so because of uh, shops closing down uh, due to lack of business and stuff. So if that happens, unfortunately, in your area, hit up the website, check out not just our book, you know, you know, definitely buy all the damn Chris children, damn Chris children books that you can. Is that one on the shelves yet? No, it will be January 27th, I think. Oh, very right. soon then. Very soon. So yeah, it's like, yeah. you know, just around the I corner. That's correct. Yeah. 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 So order that up, kids. Um, either or. It's great to go and support SourcePoint uh, at the home base, but also we're really trying uh, to support the brick and mortar right now um, and all yeah. our friendly comic shops. And SourcePoint has been a leader in, uh, you know, helping out and, uh, you know, incentives and deals and lots of cool stuff for the shops themselves. But uh, either way, kids, you got to get out there and get this book. I can't wait to get my hands on it. Um, it's It's been a hard time right now getting a hold of me comic books, but uh, the world better straighten itself out soon. <laughs> so uh, again, kids, uh, it, that's a classic vibe, uh, comic book, uh, Source Point Press doing what Source Point Press does best and picking up uh, individualistic, unique, uh, amazing titles that nobody else has the balls to put out there by very, uh, very cool teams. This is a great team up. I think you guys are awesome together. I love, I uh, can't wait to read this. And, you know, I have a feeling that it won't end there. You guys see yourselves doing more together in the future after this title. Oh yeah. I, I at least I do. I don't know about Josh, but I, I can speak for so. myself. I <laughs> hope he likes me. Uh, you know, I love, I, uh, Howard and I never had a fight like Howard and I, there was, there was never like a moment where if we were in the same room, there was never a moment where I, I cleared the table and ran out of the room, you know? And right. I joke that if we ever got like one of those absolute editions of damn cursed children, the script <laughs> would be unreadable because we just kept on polishing and, and here's the red dialogue. Here's the blue dialogue. Here's the green so I loved it. I fell in love with the characters right away and Howard and I work so well together and we we've I, I have a just roughed out but but 
there there is a sequel in mind and Ooh. if i'm really ambitious there's a trilogy in mind Ooh. and so that's 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 just a, another dream on the shelf right now we want to concentrate on on these five issues at hand but right but i definitely hope and to, i'm and to, i'm uh, guessing these will eventually be sure. put into a trade yes well it really depends on the fine folks at Source Point Press. You know, trade, hardcover, absolutely. Trades are everything. <laughs> trades, trades are everything. Get them single what? issues out, have the fun with it, but then the tra- it all comes down to the trades these days, well, at least in my opinion from what I've experienced. Um, well, you know, but I kind of like it that what? way, you know? Yeah, it's, it's, it's traditional to do it this way. And thing is, uh, for people who like to collect and have unique stuff, obviously, I think the single issues are really awesome. Mm-hmm. Because they're very old school. I mean, if you like, are you, are you doing any variants? No. Um, Good. Don't. We're, we're not. I mean, I have I had discussions with certain people over over there, and I I because when I was collecting comics, if you know anyone who has collected comic books, if you mentioned the '90s <laughs> and, and this speculation market of oh my god, that was I want a chromium cover. Chromium. Yeah, there's just a 3D little too much right now. Okay, I got to grab something. Hold on here. I got to grab this right here. <laughs> yeah. Oh, the podcast is ours. We can do what we right. want now. Oh, no. I want a lenticular cover. Have, we have a big announcement to I make. I want a 3D hologram cover. Nice. You're going to start being digital in a, soon. You're going to get like digital cover comic books where the, there's actually stuff happening on top. You watch. Something crazy is going to happen. All right, kids. We've been in the studio too long without a name. We need a name for this studio. So I put the word out last week and I said, please, everybody, send me your wonderful suggestions for a name for this goddamn studio. Uh, and you're going to win a Joshua Werner Source Point Press prize pack. So uh after careful consideration um and not much scientific input whatsoever i just looked at all the names and picked the one i liked best no polls no judges no anything because this is not a democracy an elegant weapon (laughs) is a benevolent dictatorship and it's my world so i get to choose the name of uh my palace ladies and gentlemen after very little consideration, because this name jumped out at me immediately, it is actually a known strain of cannabis as well. So it suits uh, it suits our situation, and it also happens to come from someone who is pretty much this show's number one fan and a hell of a talented uh, creator artist in his own right, uh, Jason Ward. Jason Ward has suggested that we name the studio the high walker podcast studio and it leapt out at me and uh i love it i love it because as you all know at least those of you who may be watching and familiar i walk a lot i'm a huge hiker and ever since this this thing uh this quarantine came down i have just been walking the earth um because without comic cons i'm just lost so i wander and i wander around and i go to beautiful places and uh, I get high there, and I trailblaze, and I love it. So going forward, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the High Walker Podcast Studio. Uh, Jason nice. Ward, you have won yourself uh, copies of Hank Steiner, 1 and 2. This is an Ooh. amazing book. This is uh, this is old school source point. This isn't like recent stuff. Um, well, super recent stuff. We've also got Jay Werner Presents Classic Pulp. See, this is the kind of stuff, this is not, as much as this is pulp, this is the same kind of vein of what you guys are actually doing in that, uh, you know, that, uh, what's the word? 
I don't know that uh, old school EC comics kind of vibe. Yeah, what's the word? Uh, I'm, I'm blanking out on a simple word that everybody's using nowadays. It's a homage. That's the word, uh, homage. Retro. You know what homage. I mean? Homage. Yeah. yeah, and also these, which most Canadians have no idea about because we don't get the television show, but these are comics based on Holliston, uh, which I guess was like a web show or something in the States, and I always forget, but it was pretty popular there. We've never heard of it, but get to know the characters and see if you like it. Uh, because, uh, you know, it's a well-done book, at least. So, uh, Jason Ward, you're going to receive these um, whenever the hell I see you. I think you're out in Cambridge. Uh, I could send them to you, or I could come see you, deliver them myself, and we go on a socially distanced hike together, maybe. I don't know, because we're supposed to stay at home tomorrow. So I think that's what we should all do. Kids, you should all stay at home uh, let's get this thing straight. Let's get it sorted out because um, I'm sick and tired of this crap. So, uh, Howard, um, you first. Tell everybody where they can find you, your social media tags, your hangups, all that kind of good stuff. Sure. Uh, you can find me on my blog at howard-wong.blogspot.com. On Instagram, it's at the real Howard Wong. And uh, Twitter, it's uh, at Howard Wong number one. And everywhere else, uh, other social media accounts you can find on my blog. They're all tagged up there, so you can just hit me up there. And for Josh, Josh can answer his own. <laughs> uh, on, uh, I, I forgot this was actually my tag, but on Facebook, I'm actually under Bat Turtle, which is which is a name I've used forever for like video Love games it. and stuff. But Love it. so Bat Turtle, B A T T U R T L E. And then on Instagram, it's bat turtle underscore Mayfair because somebody beat me to bat turtle, some completely unrelated person. Uh, and then I don't really have a Twitter account, but I'm on there undercover as at Mayfair Theater because uh, I handle a lot of the Mayfair social media. So I get to curate down a Mayfair Twitter that's no politics or nothing horrible. And it's all just cool retro stuff and film and stuff and just happy things. Josh, you're going to have to come back sometime. And, uh, and but yeah, we're gonna... so. I'm on there kind of hiding as the Mayfair theater. Nice. You're going to have to come back sometime. We're just going to have to talk uh, cinema, man, and uh, get right into it. Cause I bet you've oh, got 100%. some cool, cool knowledge to uh, impart being uh, the proprietor of such an establishment. And Howard, you're just a lovely fellow who's welcome to come back anytime and chat it up. My friend, I miss you so much. I can't even tell you. Uh, I can't wait to embrace you again in a patented Jay Clark embrace. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Definitely. Is Could, there anything you want? Is there anything you want to show anybody? My, oh my gosh, that's right! I totally forgot about that. Here we go. A special it. treat. Uh, you have it. Hold on. You have it. Give I completely. Not. I'll. I'll admit I blanked, but let me see if I can uh, open it up here. If you don't. I do. Oh, you do? Well, if you I was too distracted thinking about hugging Howard. <laughs> if you let me share my screen i can do it how do i do that uh you are the host so if they go into uh allow to record allow to multi-pin rename remove share screen i can share my screen hold on i'm bringing up this dropbox here oh here we go oh you have it Oh, yeah, I, got it I got it. So it's the first time anywhere on the planet that's going to see this. Even this is even before previews gets to see it. Really? Okay. Yeah. First, what I have to do is I have to uh, share my screen. I'm going so. to share screen number two. 
to celebrate your 10 year anniversary. There you go. You can see the elegant weapon. And then we're going to bring this right over here. Ladies and gentlemen, there you go. Can we see that? Is it good enough? Is it big enough? I can even do this, maybe zoom in a little bit. But kids, this right here, this is the cover to oh, Damn cute. Cursed Children number four. That looks awesome. That's Thank creepy you. as shit, guys. I love that. <laughs> I love that cover too. Because our cover, it, this is not even in previews yet. It will be in previews next month. So you guys are seeing a, a exclusive sneak peek on an elegant weapon. And if you're wondering if this looks familiar, it should be because all our covers are homages to film as well as comics from the horror genre. And a lot of people are picking them up and figuring them out, which is great. This was one of my favorite ones because it's just absolutely when when Robin sent this over, it was and because he did he first he sent this to us in his pencils and inks. When it was all inked up, it was creepy as heck. When he added colors, it was just downright scary. It is. <laughs> so. It is. I'm so impressed with the detail, and I love the. I don't know the texture to this, like even like as creepy as the kids are that tree against the house and the wood of the cabin, you know what I mean? And the contours of the hill, that's beautiful artwork right there. Absolutely gorgeous. In my, my artistic contribution was purple. no purple's good because it, 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 it fits, you know, it, it gives it that tone, that mood. That's absolutely beautiful, fellas. Just Thank gorgeous. And I love having that old school styled retro source point press fucking slapped on there too, eh? Oh, I love it. I love it. Uh source point press north. I kids. Like a comic. <laughs> Good lord. I'm very, very excited uh for things to be growing like this with such uh talent as you guys. Um, things are bound to grow a whole bunch more in the future. Uh, there you go, kids. Fantastic conversation with Mr. Howard Wong, and Mr. Josh Stafford. Uh, enjoyed that very much, kids. We thank you. Uh, Jason Ward, you're going to get your comic books uh, next week. I'm not sure exactly what's happening because we got a whole bunch cooking up. Uh, that little certain thing slipped out last week when I was talking to Josh Warner. Uh, a little tiny thing slipped out about Yuki versus Panda, which is even more Source Point Press news, uh, Source Point Press North news to talk about. Oh, my God, it's exciting. You know what? I remember 2015 being at Motor City Comic Con and turning to Travis and saying, Travis, you should really come to Toronto and Toronto and Travis saying, fuck it, we'll do it. And now <laughs> look where we are now. So uh, there you go, kids. Uh, it happens just like that. Um, yeah, yes, it does. Uh, before we head out, I got to do this because I'm going to make it easy on myself because I don't want to add music later on. So, uh, kids, thank you so much for joining us. But that is all we are going to have this week on An Elegant Weapon. Thank you, Thank you. Thank you.